At times we raced, at times we gambled and trotted and walked backwards, but the finish line came into view and was ultimately crossed. Welcome to Wine Saves Lives. This is Stephen Kent Mirisu. The 22 Harvest is in the books. A couple of days ago, we pressed off our last three fermenters of Cabernet, in this case, single clones of Cab, uh, two from the Gilmetti Vineyard, uh, Mount Eden clone and the Nebom Coppola clone, two clones that uh, had been planted in a fallow block a couple of years back. And then uh, the stagecoach block of Cabernet from the Bates Ranch in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Last three fermenters pressed off and barreled down. And so our cellar now is in the process of being cleaned up. Barrels are being stacked and put away. Well, where they hopefully will reside without too much trouble for the next two years before we blend and bottle. 22 Harvest was one for the books, that's for sure. Um, every year is a different year. It, it, it seems, and I don't know how much of this is anecdotal, I'm sure there's evidence to back this up, but what had been normal or seemingly normal as far as the a harvest season might go has really been thrown on its head the last several years. Man-made or uh, call them situations outside of one's control, <laughs> which parenthetically is most of what happens in agriculture. Uh, in this case, fires, um, which are a product of sometimes carelessness by human beings, sometimes lightning strikes, underlying problem there is lack of rain, lack of water, vegetation being very dry and plentiful, serves as a very convenient fuel for fires that end up destroying businesses, destroying houses, destroying lives. Uh, 2020 was one of those vintages, 17 was one of those vintages for folks up in the North Bay and in Napa. Um, the 20 vintage for us was a vintage of, of a lot of hard work, a lot of worry, a lot of expense, only to have everything dumped down the drain, from Livermore anyway. Uh, so that was, that was a lesson learned. Um, harvest was over very early this year. It's not uh, normal for us to be pressed off and barreled down before Thanksgiving. And uh, we're still about a week or so away from Thanksgiving, uh, and we're put away. That hasn't happened in years. And in fact, the opposite has, has seemed to be occurring over the last probably five, six, seven years as we've been seeing an extended harvest time because I think, this is my amateur um, uh, hypothesis, is that uh, as, as the climate gets warmer, generally speaking, and for us that really manifests itself on the other side of the Altamont Pass, which is uh, uh, a little mountain side that kind of separates the East Bay from the Central Valley. Once you get over the Altamont Pass East, you're into Tracy, and then you're into Modesto, and then you're into Stockton, and uh, it's getting warmer there. And that heat serves as a pressure engine, that, that vacuum that sucks in air 
uh, cold air from the San Francisco Bay. That's really been a defining characteristic of the Livermore Valley forever. It's what makes this relatively warm place an absolutely perfect place for growing fruit, especially Bordeaux variety and uh, warmer climate grapes from, from the Mediterranean and from southern Italy and the like, the Rhone. It's getting windier though, which means that we've got longer harvest seasons because vines don't like a lot of wind. They shut down, they stop photosynthesizing, they stop producing sugar uh, during the course of the day. What might have been eight hours or nine hours of photosynthetic activity 10 years ago now seems to be more like four or five or six. And because you do need an aggregate number of these hours over the course of the season, your only hope then is that you have more days at the end of the season, that your growing season gets longer. And that seems to have been happening over the last many years here as well. And what that, the consequence of that though is that you start getting extremely cold temperatures in the, warm, in the morning and you get much more marginal weather conditions, at least the possibility of rain and the like as you get into mid-November. Cabernet Sauvignon takes longer to ripen than Cabernet Franc does, and, and so we start fearing whether we're actually going to be able to get Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon, as ripe as it needs to be over time. Cab Franc has become the absolute priority for the Stephen Kent Winery moving forward, in part because of these weather conditions, in part because um, the Livermore Valley is so hospitable to this variety. There are a lot of microclimates here. The further east you go, the colder it gets. People have this misapprehension that it's extraordinarily hot in Livermore, that it's the Central Valley, and that is wrong. We're harvesting significantly later than Napa Valley harvests Cabernet Sauvignon, for instance, under normal circumstances. And um, um, our diurnal temperature range, that difference between daytime high temperatures and, and nighttime low temperatures is really vast, can be 40 to plus degrees uh, during the heat of the growing season, the heart of the growing season, I should say. Um, Cab Franc fits into a, a window that continues to slide toward the middle of November and even further, perhaps, down the road. But... Um, it finds a hospitable environment here because of, of the different temperatures we find in different parts of the valley. Um, and, and even more importantly though, for me anyway, is it, it fits an aesthetic model. It is an aesthetic model of what might be the perfect wine. And not perfect in the sense that it's a hundred point wine, and I don't really even know what that means, but perfect in the sense of, for me personally as a winemaker, it checks off every box that has to do with beauty and purity and pace and excitement and allure and sexiness and deliciousness and food compatibility and mood setting and conversation and stirring and, and all of those wonderful things that, that great wine, great varieties ought to be able to do. For me, there's no, there's no finer grape out there than Cabernet Franc to check all those boxes off. And the fact that we're seeing more acreage being planted in Livermore Valley and we're seeing 
more varietal offerings of Cab Franc in, in uh, stores and in restaurants and wine lists and the like is, is a very heartening thing for people who like this variety. The fact that it's also polarizing because of its predilection to maintain a, a, the, or to display the herbal side of itself, especially if made in, in certain styles or picked at certain times of, of levels of ripeness, <clears throat> it, it, it gives that, that little kind of frisson for me as a winemaker of, of you know, really having to be on, spot on as far as when we're picking fruit, um, um, why we pick at certain times, what we do from a fermentation standpoint, what we do from an oak choice standpoint. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a grape that requires a lot of thought. And, uh, uh, and um, that, that's exciting always, too, for, for uh, this winemaker, anyway. The 22 harvest, um, I think, will end up being a really fine harvest, I think, especially for Cab Franc. There were, a, there were several different blocks of Cabernet here in the valley that, um, that had real problems with raisining. Some blocks that I've uh, I've heard from other wineries here in the in the area, and across California, uh, had yields down as much as fifty percent. Labor Day tends to be um, um, uh, the sort of market when it's hottest in the growing season. There has been for the last uh, many years here um, during during Labor Day weekend. You know we'll get stretches of of one hundred and ten, hundred and twelve, and higher for two or three days. This year, however, we got up to 116, highest recorded temperatures ever in the Bay Area this year. Uh, Fairfield, just north of us, and the Livermore Valley. For two days in a row, uh, kind of sandwiched between temperatures anywhere from 104 to 108 for about eight days total. And then about three or four days after the heat wave finally broke, we got rain, which never happens. It hasn't happened in 25 years that I've been making wine in Livermore. So we got a lot of stress on vines. We had a lot of a lot of uh, grapes that were really kind of in the middle or, or the late middle of their ripening that kind of got nailed by the heat. And no matter how much water you were dumping on the vineyard to try to maintain health and try to maintain, um, um, you know, turgidity in your fruit, um, it, it didn't work, especially on the morning side of rose. Um, uh, those, though, that side of the vine got totally nailed as we had temperatures, you know, up, up, way above a hundred degrees at nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, generally what you're doing on the side of the vine that doesn't get as much sun, you, you pull leaves so that you get a little bit more direct sunlight and a little bit more ripening capacity on that side of the vine, which gets less sun during the course of the day. Well, <clears throat> that worked exactly to our disadvantage in that we got a lot of sun for, for well over a week right at a crucial time of, of, of growing. <clears throat> and uh, instead of having fruit that kind of um, sort of uh, came in roughly equal in, in ripeness to the other side of the vine, you got grapes just with all the moisture sucked out of them. And, and ended up with, with um, maybe ripening, uh, maybe, maybe a slightly more herbal um, characteristics in certain blocks of fruit. Uh, 
in Livermore this year. Uh, and I've heard that from, from other folks again in other regions as well. So it's, you know, we, we, are, we, are, we are in a, um, a fraught relationship with Mother Nature every year. And the more things change, um, the more the more surprising and difficult that relationship can be over the course of a growing year. And you can do everything perfectly um, as, as far as fertilization, as far as uh, pruning and, and, and picking the right date for harvest and doing everything exactly right in the winery, find out that your wines just aren't very good at the end of the day for, for you know, any number of, of almost countless number of small inputs that that occur during the course of a, a growing year, a winemaking year. So it's it's um, it's ultimately a business of faith. It's a it's a mission. You know, we we have we're 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 at the Stephen Kent Winery anyway. Our production team is comprised of zealots, of acolytes to um, a, a mission and a philosophy about winemaking that is about embracing all of the vagaries of, of the wine life, of the growing life, and trying to shepherd through the process to the end uh, a vision for a particular grape, a particular vineyard site that is as appropriate to that site and that fruit in that year as is possible. We don't make wines to a recipe. We don't add a lot of stuff to our wines. We don't use things that are going to help with extraction and the like. Um, we, we are trying to, to make wines that are as reflective of, of a season and of a place as we can. And sometimes, most times it works beautifully. Sometimes, you know, things happen. Um, so 22 is going to be is going to end up being a really interesting vintage. It's going to be really interesting to see how things progress in barrel, how um, how ultimately uh, the crazy weather year manifests itself in in our wines. And wine lovers ought to expect the 22 vintage to be different. They ought to expect to get wines that are um, interesting wines that are uh, reflective of a really interesting and turbulent growing season. Um, to get wines that taste exactly like 2021 or 2020 or 19 is a failure in my book, uh, at, at least for wineries that are, that are attempting to make fine wine. Um, the differences from vintage to vintage are to be celebrated. They're to be um, not always liked necessarily, but to be celebrated because this is a, you know, this in my mind, this is a, um, our work is about trying to, trying again, trying to create something authentic and beautiful and something that is reflective of, of places and times. Uh, and um, the, the last thing in the world I want is a wine that tastes the same every year. You know, a wine, the Cabernet from the Gilmany Vineyard that's the same every year. We want it to be, we want it to be um, of the family, but not an identical twin. Appreciate you all uh, listening and reading uh, Wine Saves Lives. 
through uh, through the month of November. I apologize for a little bit of uh, the dearth of posts over the last couple of weeks. It's been uh, again a lot of a lot of concentrated energy and time in the cellar. That has come to uh, a different part of the year now, and and look forward to to, to talking more about uh, the twenty two harvest as the wines progress, but talking more about about Cabernet Franc and talking more about where we're headed with that variety and how we want to communicate the message about how gorgeous it is and how delicious it is. And as always, if you have any uh, anything you'd like me to talk about, write about, please just send an email to stephen at winesaveslives.com and I'd, I'd love to uh, continue to communicate uh, directly. Thanks again. Treat yourself well. Treat your friends and loved ones well. Drink something delicious.